morning. How are you? Good. This is Gene Garvins, and uh, this uh, is a Hope for Kids child. Uh, in Haiti, uh, they do not provide for school. That's on the parents to figure out how to get their children educated. Uh, consequently, a good number, a majority of Haitian children don't go to school because uh, they just can't afford it. Gene uh, Garvins is the uh, child that Denise and I have been sponsoring for six years. Uh, can I just say, this is the best money we spend every, we do it yearly, but you can do it monthly. Every year, uh, it's $1.17 per day. 35 bucks a month, you can support a child. Good education, they talk about Jesus. They teach them English from the Bible. Uh, they, they are covered with school entrance fees and books. They get all their supplies, and every day they're in school, they get a hot lunch. Uh, I, I think this, this is like a no-brainer. Most of us can handle $1.17 a day. If you can't, then don't consider this anymore. But if you could pray about $1.17 a day, I, I think I could do that. I think we have seven children, I counted, uh, six or seven children still left who are looking for someone to sponsor them. Would you make your way out and uh, sponsor one of those today? Also, many of you have sponsored in years past, but you haven't picked up your new packet. So every year you get a new packet. Please, a new picture, and uh, go and find uh, your child there. This is Memorial Day weekend. This is uh, the weekend where we pay homage to all those who didn't come home, which is sobering. This is not Veterans Day. This is not a day of celebration. It's a day, it's a weekend of solemn contemplation over the cost of freedom. And we just pause and we say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for uh, all of the men and the women who were willing to lay down their lives for freedom. So that's sobering, that's serious, but it does bring thankfulness to our hearts. Amen. We are in uh, week number six in our series, Love Hurts. And we've been talking about the challenges of dealing with relationships. That's just an honest. We, we have relationship with Jesus and, and the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. But then on that horizontal level, we have relationships with families, with friends, uh, relationships on the job, right, Henry? Uh, relationships at school, relationships within the church family. And we've been talking a lot about healing and growing and improving, but today we're going to just pause for a moment and we're going to talk about the dirty little secret that most of the time we don't talk that much about. Okay, there's this dirty little secret woven like a thread through this entire series. And here's the truth. Give me your eyes. 
If we don't acknowledge this dirty little secret, it has the potential to undermine all of the really good and strong biblical ideas and challenges that we've talked about so far. Okay? Yeah, the dirty little secret endangers all the improvements that our relationships could have. Uh, all the relationships that could be thriving, this dirty little secret has the potential to just wipe it out. The dirty little secret we're going to talk about this morning is this. Are you ready? Here we go. Lean in with me. Our thoughts and our feelings lie. They lie to us. Our emotions, our feelings are oftentimes telling us things that just aren't true. And until we understand that and are aware of that, all the teaching from God's book in the world isn't going to change anything in our relationships. God's word declares what this teaches is true and right and good. And if we'll follow, hear it and listen to it and obey it, believe it and obey, guess what? When we do it God's way, it works every time. Do it God's way uh, uh, and we've got resources that we've gathered on the Love Hurts website. It helps us understand how to practically live out God's book. But here's the truth. Most of what we've talked about, most of the resources on our Love Hurts website, uh, they don't come easily. Most of the instruction is hard, and we don't just naturally want to do it. We have to be intentional. We have to be focused. We have to be ready to do whatever it takes to live out God's Word. It's not our default position. Okay, To do it Jesus' way is usually the hard way. Rarely is doing it Jesus' way the easy way, the shortcut. Almost always, doing it God's way is the hard way. Let me illustrate it this way. Last Sunday, Pastor Brandt talked about my way versus God's way. Uh, how many of you here last Sunday? Can I see your hands? Yeah. Most of you were here. We were called to, we need it my way, and when I need it my way, I get in God's way. That was the challenge. And his key verse was, submit to one another out of reverence for Jesus Christ. Put others first. Order yourself under the people around you. That, that was the challenge last Sunday. Now that sounded great last Sunday, didn't it? Yep, I like He gave 30 ways. How, here's how you do it. Count me in, Lord. And that lasted till Monday morning. And then you wake up and you got two tired, crabby people. Can I get an amen there? You know, and now suddenly I love Jesus. They, I, I love my family, but I'm in a hurry and they're in a hurry and the kids are tired and crabby. And oh, by the way, everybody forgot to make the lunches. That's where things start to go off the rail. Because now on Monday morning, we got a problem. Who's going to submit? Who's going to put the other person's needs first? 
when the reality of life slaps us in the face? That's the real question. We've covered lots of verses and principles for relationships, and they're true, and they work, and they work, and they bring healing and hope for relationships. That's the truth. But on Monday morning, <laughs> uh, when my feelings are yelling at me, I don't want to do that right now. Uh, it might be true, it might work, but I don't feel like doing that. I don't want to submit. I don't want to put others first. What about me? Okay? And I'm just telling you, from somewhere down deep inside of us, most of us are listening to that voice. A lot of the time, we're just saying, you know what, it's not worth it. I don't feel like it. I don't have the energy. I don't have the desire to do it God's way right now. That's the dirty little secret. Okay? We allow our feelings, our emotions, our thoughts, that inner voice to overrule what God has said for us to do. And that happens a lot in our lives. And then we wonder why our relationships are in trouble. We're perplexed. Why are my friendships and my family, why are they struggling right now? Okay? It's not, listen close, it's not that we shouldn't think or feel or have emotions. God's Word declares to us, the Lord gave us a mind, He gave us emotions, use them, but the key, give me your eyes, the key is to learn to control our thoughts and emotions. The key, allow the truth of God's book to overrule and override my emotions, my feelings that come in conflict with God's book. That's the challenge. Because suddenly now, I, I don't feel like it. I, I don't have the energy. I don't have the desire to do it God's way. Here's how Andy Stanley puts it, and I like it. Feelings are like toddlers. Let's put that up there. Do you have that? Feelings are like toddlers. Train them or they will train you. Say it with me. Feelings, they're kind of like toddlers. Train them or they will train you. Okay? If you're not willing to train your feelings, if we don't learn how to control our emotions and bring them in line with God's book, they're going to do a lot of damage. Frankly, they've already done a lot of lasting damage in a lot of our relationships. Would you turn with me to the second letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth? 2 Corinthians chapter 10 because Paul talks about this battle going on, and he talks about the war, uh, God's facts, God's truth, versus the world's facts, the world's feelings, and the world's emotions. If you're able, would you stand with me? We're going to read out loud together verses 3 to 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This is God's book. You ready? Here we go. We are human... But we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle 
that keeps people from knowing God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your book. Thank you for giving us an instruction manual for how to live life. And Lord, we know because every time we've done it your way, it works. And Lord, every time we've turned our back on your book, it doesn't work. So Lord, would you help us to concentrate and hear from you this morning? Help us to get our feelings and our emotions under your control. And Lord, we just acknowledge we can't do that without your power, without the power of your word and the power of your spirit meeting us here today in your church. So come and meet us. That's what we're asking for. And all the church family gathered at Walloon Lake said with one united voice, you can be seated. Paul's talking here about a war concerning our lives. Okay, He's talking about a battle over relationships that are in conflict with God's Word. Okay? This is a battle, it's a fight over spiritual truth. Okay, False teachers have picked a fight with Paul. You understand? That's the context. And they're claiming our view of truth, our uh, input is superior and better than Paul's. We think we're right and Paul's view is wrong. Okay? Does that sound familiar? Christians fighting with each other? <laughs> that would never happen. Uh, we won't even mention all the areas where Jesus' followers fight. But I want you to note two things, would you? The fight, the war, the battle is over essential matters. They're important things. Super important stuff is what Paul's writing about here. Okay? Both sides in the conflict say these spiritual truths that they're fighting over are life and death matters. Okay? They're not arguing about the color of the carpet. They're, they're not arguing about super unimportant. It's just the opposite. They're fighting over essential, vital matters. Second thing to note here. We're instructed not to fight like everyone else. We're instructed not to fight like the world fights. Don't fight like everybody else fights. Uh, what do most people do when they're in a fight? Think with me. Dick, you're in a fight and now you're in a conflict. You're now, you're, you're leaning into how you're thinking and your feelings and you're full of emotion. When you're in a battle and you're in a debate and these are the primary weapons we use to fight with, that's our default position. How do I think? How do I view this? Uh, what does my feelings have to say? That's natural and normal in our relationships. Now, go back. Paul is telling us there's a better way to handle conflict. There, there's a superior way to deal with fights and arguments. Look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. Here's what it says. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. We, followers of Jesus, we're all about God's weapons, not just our feelings and our emotions. 
we say this a lot around here at Walloon Lake Church, okay? Uh, I don't always like what God's Word says. I don't always fully understand it. When Monday morning rolls around, I don't feel like doing it. But listen close. God's Word is way better than anything I can dream up. God's Word is way better. It's more true. It's been proven than anything my emotions or my feelings have to tell me. That's the truth. We got to keep our thoughts and our feelings in check long enough, listen, to implement God's plan in our conflict. Does that make sense? I got to keep my feelings and my emotions in check long enough to see how does this line up with God's Word. And then we allow Christ to do His work in our relationships. Okay? Verse 4, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and destroy the false arguments. Verse 4 is huge. I'm going to knock down the emotions, the feelings, my, the thoughts that are going on, and I'm going to destroy everything that doesn't line up with God's book, the Bible. Just telling you, this starts with us before the arguments begin. Let me say that again. This has to start before any arguments, the feelings, the emotions start to roll in, okay? Here's, here's how it happens. Every day, Jesus, I'm going to yield and submit to you and your ideas and your emotions. I'm going to invite your spirit, Jesus, that lives in me to take charge. And oh, by the way, Romans 8.11, we're going to talk about that at the end. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, where does it live now? Right here. Glenn, I'm telling you what, you catch Romans 8.11, that was worth the price of admission here today. Uh, we allow the truth of God's word and the power of his spirit to guide us and lead us instead of our feelings, instead of our emotions. That's how you live the Christian life. Now, Pastor Jason is going to say this in East Jordan this morning. Pastor John is going to say this in Lansing this morning. And I'm going to say the same thing here in Walloon Lake, and it's shocking. Cody, you got it on camera. Are you ready? Okay, because this is big right now. Okay, you ready? Here it goes. Sometimes I'm wrong. Isn't that shocking? It's a fact. Pastor Jason's going to say the same thing. Pastor John, sometimes we're wrong. And, and I thought I was right. I did. I was pretty sure uh, I was thinking well, only to discover later on I was wrong. <laughs> Are you ready? Ready for the cold hard fact, hard fact number two? Are you ready? Can you handle this balcony? Sometimes you're wrong too. That's the reality. Sometimes I'm wrong, sometimes you're wrong. Where do you get that, Pastor Jeff? Uh, we'll put Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10 up here. Put that right up there. Jeremiah 17. Do we have that back there? Maybe? No? Yes? No? Jeremiah 17. Well, I'm going to read it anyway. Okay, here's what it says. Right there. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things. Talking about our hearts. Desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? 
But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Now just pause. Let's, let's ponder that. The Lord says clearly our hearts, our emotions, our feelings are often filled with deceit, with wickedness. They're just plain bad. What's going on in our actions don't match reality. Uh, the truth is, because of our hearts and emotions and feelings leading us in a wrong direction, often we're just plain wrong. Which is why we need God's book so much. Track with me here, okay? Because it's never wrong. The Bible corrects our ears. I, I think I should go this way, but God's Word says, no, don't go that way. And it gets us straightened out, and it straightens out the lies that we want to believe. Did you know we can convince ourselves of things that aren't true? Did you know that? I, I can believe a lie that I've made up and I've manufactured, and if I say it long enough, pretty soon I start to believe it. And so do you. <laughs> Warning, this doesn't come easily. This doesn't come naturally. To admit, you know what, I, I mess up, I'm wrong, and I was wrong here, and do the U-turn and choose to do it God's way instead. That's hard. Verse 5, see what it says with me. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. Every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. Did you catch that? What keeps people from knowing God and doing it God's way? What's the reason? Pride. Pride is what whispers to us, you're right. You know you're right here. Listening to that inner voice, uh, you can do whatever you feel like you should do. In your, it's your life. You own your own truth. Who says something like that? Uh, make your own rules. Call your own shots. Be your own boss. That's the inner voice whispering to us. That's pride. I can do it. I don't need you, God. Pride literally is the original sin. Did you know that? Pride is what caused Satan to fall from heaven. Isaiah 14 and verse 13. It was pride that talked Lucifer into thinking, you know what, I think I can take on God the Father, the Son, and I'm pretty sure I can win. I'm pretty sure I'm better and bigger and badder than the Trinity is. Uh, he thought he could win a war with his Creator. Genesis 3.1, if you want to take a little peek back there, it was pride that Satan through the snake whispered, did God really say that? <laughs> Are you sure? Go ahead, Eve. Do whatever you feel is right. And that's exactly how he tempts us. Tracking? That's exactly what he wants to ruin our relationships. So he says this, put yourself first. Follow your feelings. He's not putting you first. Why should you go first and put him above you? Why should you listen to her? Listen to your emotions. 
You, you don't need to do it God's way. That's too hard. For five weeks now, we've been uh, every week talking about doing it God's way in the Love Hurts series. Every Sunday, you've been learning to do hard things, to take steps that oftentimes don't feel good. It's no fun. It doesn't even sound possible because it goes against how our old sinful, selfish flesh thinks and acts. Okay? We looked at week one, the deal breakers and people around us. The types of behaviors that God says will bring unwanted trouble if you allow close relationships with those people in your life. Hang with them, you're going to get hurt, you're going to get harmed. Week number two, we found that to find the right person, you have to become the right person. Because becoming the right person is way more important than finding the right person. Did you get that? Becoming the right person matters way more than finding the right one. Week number three, we discovered that being happy in relationships doesn't last. If you're chasing happiness, I'm telling you, it's temporary, it's in the moment, it's here and it's gone. Contentment is what we go after. Okay? We've discovered that contentment in relationships is lasting and is powerful. Uh, week number four, we looked at the biblical process for resolving conflict. When you're in a relationship and things get tough, what do you do? You follow Matthew 18 instructions. You go first alone, then you take a witness, and finally you take it to the church. That's what God's Word says. Last week, Pastor Brandt showed us from God's Word, when I need it my way, I get in God's way. Isn't that true? When I need it my way, I'm in God's way. Be filled with the Spirit, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So here's my question. Okay, Give me your eyes. I'm going to look around. How you been doing on, on all this instruction? How you been doing about not just hearing it, not just believing it, but actually putting it into practice? How you been doing on the putting it into practice? I suspect, again, that some of you, if you're like me, Sunday mornings you're all in, you're, you're still rolling Sunday afternoon, but Monday morning, tired and crabby, mean and ornery, kick in one more time, and my default selfish, sinful nature is I don't feel like it. I, I don't want it. I don't, I don't have the energy. I don't have the focus to do it that way right now. Or maybe some of us would just be real honest and say, you know what? When I get there, I'm not even thinking about God's Word or His Spirit. I'm just living in the moment, and I just want you to know, living in the flesh is awful for our relationships. Did you know that? Living in the flesh is bad news, causes lots of scars in our relationships. There's a better way. There's a better way. It's harder it takes focus, it takes concentration, it takes grit, it takes determination. But listen close, there's a way that's far superior, it's better, it's the place where relationships 
begin to thrive. Look at verse 5, last part. Last part of verse 5, we capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. We capture all of those rebellious emotions and feelings and ideas and we make them become obedient to Christ. Okay? I brought my milk up here. I don't know if any of you noticed, but I had a few people go, did you know there's milk up on your, on your table? And I said, yes, I did. Um, so if you go to the fridge and you open the fridge door and you pull out the milk, what's the first thing you do? Well, if you're a male, you look around and see if there's any females in the area. <laughs> my wife, my mother, my sister, because I've never seen a female do this. Okay, Maybe you're the exception, but I've never seen... But, but can I just say, this is the way that milk tastes the best, right out of the carton. It really does, okay? Um, anyway, so if I'm, if I'm going to do that, what steps do you got to take before you partake, okay? So I know it's been in there a while, so the first thing I do is I check the expiration date. Okay, it's looking okay. It's within a, a week or so of the date. That's good. Then I usually take the lid off, and then I do the old sniff test, right? Nope, it doesn't taste, smell like cottage cheese, and, you know, shake it around. Nothing chunky in there. So, and, you know, it looks okay. It's past the expiration date, Harry. Uh, um, okay, here we go. I'm telling you, that's the way milk tastes. As it was almost like you're drinking it straight from the cow. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Here, here's my point. If we go to all of these extremes just to swig some milk, protect our bellies, shouldn't we at least do the same thing to protect our brain? Before we allow things into our minds, shouldn't we at least sniff and check and look around before we start dumping things into our brains? Look at verse 5. It's what it says. We capture the thoughts and the reasonings and make them obedient to Christ before we swallow them. Before you swallow any ideas, anything, your feelings, your emotions, your old flesh is shouting at you, shouldn't you at least sniff and check it out? Is this movie that I'm watching on Netflix, is it spoiled? Is it filled with profanity and blood and guts? Is it laced with nudity? You understand what I'm sniffing? Is this song that I'm listening to on Spotify, are the words and the message obedient to Christ? That, that's how you sniff. But I don't feel like turning my music off. I, 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 I don't feel like this movie is going to do much harm. I, 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 I don't feel like consuming this stuff is going to affect my relationships too bad. Yeah. Remember, let's put that slide back up, Caleb. Feelings are like toddlers. Train them or they'll train you. 
Say it with me. Feelings are like toddlers. Train them or they're going to train you. Okay? You've seen parents running ragged, demanding children who get whatever they want or they pitch a fit and they make everybody miserable. Can I tell you something? Our feelings, our emotions are demanding their way and they're going to pitch a fit and they're going to threaten to make us miserable if we don't do it their way. And I'm just telling you sadly, that's how many of us live our lives. Driven by our emotions, following our feelings, uh, I'm too tired, it's too hard, oh, I forgot. And then we're so surprised when our relationships aren't doing well. We're shocked when people that we say we love the most tell us, I don't, I don't feel loved. I, I don't feel appreciated. I, I don't feel like, like you're taking good care of me and they're miserable and they back away. Can I tell you something? Give me your eyes. There's a better way. There's a better way. It's God's way, but it's harder. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of focus, but God's way is worth it because it works. Turn with me to Philippians 4 and verse 8. I want to show you something. Very practical instruction about how to train your thoughts and your feelings. Okay? Philippians 4 8 says this. And now, my dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Fix your thoughts on what is honorable. Fix your thoughts on what is right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Here's the categories. This is the stuff found in God's Word because the wars in our relationships, it's not going to be won by doing what everybody else is doing. You understand that? You look at the world and you say, how are the relationships doing? And I would argue, that's not the way to go. That's not working. We can't do whatever we feel like doing. We can't just do the easy things, Scott. We're going to have to choose to do the hard things. Enjoying lasting, flourishing relationships. Ready? We're going to have to win the battle for our brain. We're going to have to win. Okay? Stopping and capturing every smelly thought before it hits our minds and our bellies of our brains. We're going to have to go and smell and sniff because here's the truth. Our thoughts and our feelings are ruining our relationships. Our, our emotions, we're following them and it's not working. I want to close with one powerful verse, okay? If you want to transform your relationship, if you want to do one thing, leave doing one thing to have that on your heart and your mind, locate Romans 8.11 with me. I told you we were coming back to this. But, but I, this is, uh, Gil told me this is Pentecost Sunday, so this is a good verse for Pentecost Sunday. Okay? This is like right now my very favorite verse. This is the one, you want to know what does Pastor Jeff think about a lot? What's on his heart? What's grabbing his attention? Romans 8.11 is it. It says this. We have that up here? We do. Nice. 
the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? Lives in me. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, here's, here's the part for us, he'll give life to your mortal bodies by this very same Spirit living within you and me. I'm telling you what, if you'll grab a hold of that and start making use of this truth, the reason our relationships are not working well, it's not because there's a power shortage. We're not taking advantage of the power that's available. Do you understand? There's no power shortage in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. There, there's no power shortage, okay? We've got the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Say it again. Living where? Where? Right here. Every day, the power's there. Why are we living such ordinary, plain, weak, puny lives? I'll tell you why. Because we're just living life in our old, weak, plain, puny way. We're not taking advantage of Romans 8.11. We're not allowing the Spirit of Christ to take charge. And I'm telling you, when we allow the Spirit of Christ to roll through, that changes everything. Life changer. It really is. How many of you say, yep, I want that kind of life? Yep, yep. You've heard it. Okay? Do you believe it? Do you, how many of you believe it? Okay? Now it's time to obey. Hear it, believe it, now it's time to live it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that there's no power shortage in your church today. None. No power shortage in any of your kids. Sadly, <laughs> we haven't taken advantage of the awesome power available to us as your children. So would you help us, Lord, to begin to take advantage of that power, that awesome power that raised your son Jesus from the dead. Would you enable us to start every day hearing it, believing it, and to start living it? And Lord, I know right now our emotions, our feelings, our thoughts, are going to scream bloody murder, going to tell us, I don't feel like it, I don't, I don't want to do that. Lord, would you help us to say yes to you and your word? Anybody say as we close, Lord, that's me. Help me to resist the cries of my feelings and emotions and, and, and doing it the easy way. Lord, Enable me, empower me to say yes to you and your word and your spirit. Anybody say, that's my heart, Lord. See my hand. Anybody? I just want to pray. I'm not going to make you do anything crazy. Anybody? I want to pray for you as we close. Yeah. Are there others? Yep. Do a mighty work, Lord. Help us to take advantage of your power inside of us. And there's one more thing i got to say. don't want to leave a Sunday without saying this. You don't get the Spirit of Christ until you welcome the person of Christ into your lives. So there's no power if you don't know the source of the power 
which is Jesus Christ alive in you and me. Have you believed what Jesus did for you? Have you believed he took your place on the cross, shed his blood, uh, took on your sin, went into that tomb dead and arose victoriously from the dead? He's alive and he's knocking. Will you open the door and welcome him in? Come on in, Jesus. Be my Savior, my King, my Lord, my forever friend. Bring your spirit with you. You come and empower me. We love you, Lord. We're uh, amazed how much you put up with silly, goofy me. And, and yet you want to do amazing, mighty, awesome things. So thank you for that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.